Well, good evening. My name is not Daryl Key. Uh, I talked with Daryl yesterday morning. He had called and uh, just shared he's had a, a death in the family last week. They traveled to Georgia, just had a, a long week and a trying week, and he just shared with me that he and his family was going to take the night off and rest and pray and seek the Lord and spend some time with him tonight. So... Um, I thought we would do a study of King David. Uh, as I was talking with Daryl yesterday morning, he, he mentioned, he said, Steve, I, you know, such short notice, I, I hate to, for you to have to preach two sermons on Sunday. And I said, hey, after 27 years of preaching, you've always got one in your back pocket. So, uh, and, and I was just making a, a joke with him. Um, one of the advantages I have as chaplain in a nursing home uh, before COVID, when we were allowed to have midweek services with them, um, the good news is you could come in on Wednesday morning and, and have a church service with them, and you could preach the 23rd Psalm, and they just love it, just love it. I mean, they'll, they'll clap for you like they clap when Michelle sings, you know, when you go and preaching. And uh, the good thing about a nursing home is you can show up the next Wednesday, and you can say... Uh, as you all remember, last week we preached on the 23rd Psalm. Today we're going to preach on the 23rd Psalm. And they're overjoyed, and you can preach the 23rd Psalm as many times as you want to. So uh, uh, with that said, my mind, honestly, my mind was, was just rehearsing through the 23rd Psalm yesterday and today. You know, the, the life of David uh, is a very, very, very interesting life. Uh, certainly is from his childhood through his death, uh, David just lived a, uh, a super-duper life. Uh, the thing about David is this. Let's begin in Psalm 63, verse 1. These are the words of David himself. Oh God, you are my God. Don't you love that? You're not a God. You're not somebody's God. David, the psalmist, said, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly. And this ties right into a lot of the scripture we read and talked about this morning, doesn't it? Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. You hear those words? Earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints. For you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So have I looked up. What did we say this morning? David said, So I have looked upon you in your sanctuary, in the sanctuary. He wasn't talking about the earthly tabernacle, he wasn't talking about the earthly sanctuary. He knew where God was located, beholding your power and glory. Because of your steadfast love, listen, is better than life. Is, is that not, that just melts your heart, doesn't it? That just melts your heart that David felt this way about Almighty God. Your love is better than life. My lips will praise you. Did you know that more has been written about King David than any other biblical character? In fact, 66 chapters, 66 chapters 
of the Old Testament is dedicated to King David. That doesn't include 59 references in the New Testament that the Bible talks about King David. So it poses the question, how important do you think King David was to Israel? I'm going to say he was extremely important to the nation of Israel. David was very, very young. David was just a boy when Saul was sent by God to go seek him out. And David had been shuffled off to to work as a shepherd boy in his father's field. And and that that has to uh, lead to us believing that Jesse, his father, must have found him, even at a young age, to be very trustworthy, to be very responsible as he gave him the sole care of, of all of his herds. A boy. We're talking about a boy. Little did David know that what his father was doing, not knowing, was actually God's training camp, teaching him how to be king even at the very young age that David was. We know that God is sovereign, don't we? We know that God is providential. We know that God is omniscient. We know that God knows all things. God knows the beginning of time to the end of time and eternity past and eternity future. He knows all things. He has all things planned out. He decides who is going to be born, where they're going to be born, when they're going to be born, how many days we live. God determines all of life. And God was definitely in control of King David's life. And we're just going to skim through this. Don't get nervous. We're not going to, we're not going to do a six-week study in six and a half hours on Sunday night, okay? We're, uh, in all honesty, just, just bear with me, we are going to skim the surface of the life of King David. I love the biography channel. Anybody else watch the biography channel? I love to watch biographies of people. So tonight, we're just going to give a, a skimming of the biography of King David. A little bit of Israel's backstory. Okay, you've got to know the, the story of Israel to appreciate and know who David was. The nation of Israel uh, was living in very turbulent spiritual times. They really, really were. They were God's called-out people. God was their king. Prior to King Saul and prior to David taking the kingdom from King Saul at God's command and God's sovereignty, the nation of Israel was ruled by one king, And it was God the Father. God the Father. But the leaders, the spiritual leaders, began to look around and and they saw everybody other than Israel had earthly kings. And because they weren't looking up, because they were looking at planet Earth and looking at the systems and the cultures of this world, they began to be drawn away from God and they began looking around them and said, hey, they act like they're having a whole lot more fun than we are. We've got this king that we can't even see, we can't visit, he's not on a throne on Earth. And all these other kingdoms, they have kings that live right here on planet Earth, they're approachable, you can go see them, they march through on parades, and hey, we're God's chosen people, we want a king too. Can you say hindsight's twenty twenty? They were tired of worshiping a king that they couldn't see, so they had just slowly fallen away from the Lord. The the nation as a whole 
could not say the words that David was saying, such as, Oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because of your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. See, the entire nation was not on the same playing field as King David. So in Israel's backstory, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 1 through 7, when Samuel became old, Samuel was a prophet. Samuel was a judge. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and the son and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways. His sons didn't measure up to their father, Samuel. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. Hey, look, we can profit from this position. Sound familiar? Politicians, leaders gaining financially from their position and their prominence and their power. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations or like all the other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us, and Samuel did the right thing. Samuel did what? He prayed to the Lord. And as Samuel prayed to the Lord, God heard his prayer, and the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, get this, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you pray for. Sometimes God will give it to you even if it's not in your best interest. That's why we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. That's why we need to focus our focus on Jesus. That's why we need to seek after Him with our whole heart. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. He said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. Now get this. God was your king. And as you read the 23rd Psalm, as you read the words that David penned down, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right? He maketh me lie down in what? Green pastures. He leads me beside the what? And he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. But God, I can't see you. But David didn't have to see him, did he? David experienced him. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup does what? Yeah, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord 
forever. That was the king they were serving. Samuel said, okay, okay, you're making a big mistake. But listen, I've talked to God about this. God has answered my prayer, and God has said to listen to you, so buckle up, here we go. And he said, these will be the ways the earthly king who will reign over you, he will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. In other words, your sons are going to die in wars because this man will want to fight wars. And your earthly king will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and reap his, his ground, his harvest. Why? Because it's all going to be about him. Not about you as a nation, not about you, the people. Their their heart is not going to be towards you as God's heart is towards you. To reap his harvest, to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. Not only will he take your sons, but the Bible says he will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best you have. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and your female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you shall be his and in that day and in that day mark this down Samuel says you will cry out because of your king the king you wanted the king you rejected God for whom you have chosen for yourselves but the Lord will not answer you in that day This is haunting. This is haunting. This this almost sounds like the United States of America in 2021. A nation established on the foundation of Almighty God. But in 2021, the nation of America as a whole, I'm not saying everybody in the nation, but America, the nation as a whole, have rejected God. And they want their own king And he will surely take everything you have and feed upon it himself and his followers and his servants and we will be left without. 